welcome to the Truth in Grace podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Rust, and I want to thank you for joining me today. On Truth in Grace, we tackle tough topics in the church, and we do it by strengthening believers through God's Word and pointing to His abundant grace. I don't sugarcoat it over here, but I do hope to wrestle with the messy and the uncomfortable in grace. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I want to ask for your help. If you enjoy this show, would you mind subscribing and leaving a review? By doing both, you greatly help this show and its visibility and just getting it out there to more people. Um, and let's be honest, the, the church is facing some tough times. And so anything that helps facilitate healthy discussion and points to Jesus is a benefit. So please consider helping with a subscribe and review. In addition, consider becoming a Patreon supporter and helping to sustain this ministry through a monthly gift. You can learn more in my show notes. Now today I have a friend joining me and we're going to debunk a myth you've likely heard. A statement a lot of Christians make and you know it's usually with good intentions when you know they're trying to encourage a friend who is having a hard time, but it's a myth nonetheless. It's the phrase God will never give you more than you can handle. Heard it? You probably have. So joining me today to chat about this is my friend and fellow writer, Becky Beresford. Welcome, Becky, to the show. Hey, Brittany. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited yeah. to be part of the podcast. Oh, me too. Um, Becky and I have been friends for a while. You know, we've never actually met in person, which no. is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know your husband from way I back. Yes, um, that's how we met my husband. <laughs> yeah. So, but Becky's become a great friend of mine. She's a fellow writer and she mentioned this topic and some things she had written and it really resonated with something God was speaking to my heart at the same time. So we thought we would do this show together. Yes. Um, but yeah, you know, Becky, will you just let the listeners know a little bit about you? Yes, I will give you a little Becky 101. So I live up in Chile, Chicago with my husband of 10 years, and we're all recovering from being sick. So mm, sorry if my voice do. cracks. <laughs> I know it's, it's a bad rough. time of the year. Winter yeah. is the worst. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, yeah, so I'm a boy mom, and I think it's kind of ironic and funny because I love women's ministry, and I like know all things girls <laughs> and then <laughs> god gives me three wild boys <laughs> so yeah. i'm like okay i don't know what i'm doing um, oh that's probably right yeah. where he wants you right <laughs> exactly <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> so david is our oldest and they just had birthdays so he's nine and then nathan had a birthday the day after david and he's five and then there's oh, wow. ben and he's three mm. so those are my wild boys and our house is just basically destroyed all the time and I can't have pretty things because they die. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's just, there's never a dull moment up here. Um, and then our oldest boy, he is autistic. So that has been an unexpected journey and we're just often trying to decipher like what's the best way to help him thrive. Mm, and yeah, you know, there's a lot of beautiful blessings in raising a kid with special needs, but it's also just really hard. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of personal life. Um, and on mm. the side up here, I serve mamas at Willow Creek Community Church in Huntley, and I'm very addicted to coffee. So that's my, <laughs> my personal side. But um, yeah. when, it, when it comes to, you know, ministry and writing wise, 
Um, I never thought I was going to be a writer. Like I never even thought I was going to do any form of ministry. When I was um, a little girl, I remember praying and being like, Jesus, please don't make me a missionary. I mean, <laughs> I was scared of like talking to people about Jesus. Oh. <laughs> so when I was little, I accepted him into my heart slash became a Christian. Um, when I was, I think it was like, like seven years old or six years old, but I didn't really walk with him. I would say I didn't even really know him until I got to college. Mm. And when I got to college, I was just, I went to the University of Iowa. It's a big 10 school. And so I was just determined to live life my way and do like mm. the classic college experience where, you know, you're going out and partying all the time, the bars. And that's exactly what I did for the first three years of my um, college life. But God is kind and mm, he got my yeah. attention through some really persistent friends. Um, they, they loved me really well and they just met me where I was at. And oh, they wow. were involved in an organization called Campus Crusade for Christ. I think it's called, it's called Crew now. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so my senior year, I started going to more of their events and I started to realize like more and more that I didn't have to be ashamed of my walk with God. And I didn't have to really mm. hide my faith to try to fit in with other people because I'm an Enneagram too. And mm. <laughs> I am people pleasing is at my core. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it was just a revelation to me that people can be genuine and real and you can have this kind of walk with wow. Jesus. And so he helped me, God helped me just discover basically my truest self. And um, ever since then, he's just been helping me let go of these strongholds in my life, like fear. That's a huge thing I've struggled mm. with and shame and anxiety. And so it's kind of ironic because I was, I was ashamed of someone who actually was the key to freeing me from shame. Mm. And so God is just so good to pursue yeah. us. And then like yeah. long, long story shorter, <laughs> you know, sum it up quick. So he changed <laughs> my life. He called me to full-time ministry. Mm. Um, I actually ended up working for crew for a few years. And then he called me um, back to grad school at Moody Theological Seminary in Chicago, something else I never thought I would do. Um, mm. So I studied women's discipleship there. And through one of my internships, met my husband. We got hitched. Then I got pregnant, <laughs> <laughs> like right away. That's how so, the story goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is full speed right now. Um, but, you know, at that point, I loved full-time ministry. And once I became a mama, I realized like having a little one that, that just kind of made it impossible for me to do it. Mm. And, um, at least it was in our situation. And so God laid it on my heart to try writing. And as it turned out, I really loved it. Mm. <laughs> and, and you're really good at it too. Oh, you're so sweet. So are you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's become this new outlet and a new way to do ministry. Yeah. Um, where I feel like I can meet one-on-one -on -one with a friend in a coffee shop still, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. So now I blog and I write over on my website, BeckyBerrisford.com. And I host this series called the Brave Woman Series every Wednesday. And 
basically that's just a series where a different woman shares about her story and her journey towards courage with Jesus. And you've mm-hmm. written for it. Written, and it was so <laughs> yeah. good. Well, thank you for yeah. having me. <laughs> I know. I just, I love it. Was fun. it. It's, it's a joy to like host. I, I just really love it. And so, yeah, just trusting Jesus, moving forward, seeking publishing for my first book and just my heart comes alive when I help women discover who they really are mm, in Jesus and just live life fully loved by him. Mm, that's, so that's amazing. And we mm. all need women like that to encourage us and cheer us on. And so you're definitely an asset and just, you know, to the kingdom. And I know you've been an encouragement to me. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And for the listeners, I will put Becky's website and all her resources in the podcast show notes. So. Um, you can also link to that um, from there. All right. Well, so um, we're going to jump in. And just to start us off, I'd like us both to take a moment and share our own personal experiences with this phrase that, you know, God will never give you more than you can handle. And just sort of talk about where that shift in our minds took place about, you know, is this true? Is it not? And so mm-hmm. I'll let you kick us off, Becky. Okay. I grew up hearing this phrase often in church mm, and yeah, um, I think kind of you said this in the beginning at first, it was sort of reassuring to me because I thought, hey, God knows me. He knows what I can take. He knows that I have a sensitive heart. So he's probably mm. going to spare me from a lot of deep losses and like mm. really hard things in life because I just don't think I could handle that. Yeah. But life started to get harder and harder. Mm. And I started to question, okay, God, how much do you actually think I can take? Mm. Um, and a big thing was my husband started having really bad heart issues. He's actually had it since he was like 15 or 16. But it was getting to the point where like he was passing out on the floor and it was just really bad. So he had to have heart surgery a few months after our second boy was born. And it was just incredibly difficult to see mm. that happening to someone you love and then having yeah. to like wait in a waiting room and praying that my husband would make it out alive. Mm. It's just something that as a young, like 20 something, never thought I could handle that. Mm, Another, another instance was when we received my son's autism diagnosis, you know, as a new mom, you know, this like, you don't know what you're doing anyway. You have no clue. But now (laughs) I'm adding on like a special needs baby and trying to help him to succeed and maneuver through life. And I was overwhelmed. I felt inadequate. I felt so over my head um, Mm. because I love my boys. I want to help them do their best, but I just didn't feel like I had a handle on it. And that's still something that I struggle with now, you know? Mm. And then there's been just the general stuff in the past 10 years. Like we've had intense marital strife. We've had um, financial strain. I've had chronic illness and pain in my body. And then while all this is going on, I feel this passion to write and pursue this Mm. calling that God has on my life. And I'm like, God, it's just like, it's just too much. And it is, that's because it is, and it's meant to be that way. And so, you know, when all these things started happening more frequently and compounding, that's when I really started to question the validity of this popular statement. You know, I felt like God was letting me down because I believed that statement. And so 
I was disappointed. I was mad and I was confused. And that's when I was like, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to go straight to God's word. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. That's what I think we should all do. Um, that should be like our, our response, right? When we don't understand right. something or in any hard situation would be to go to the word of God. And I think so many times we go to people first and that's where we kind of like, we hear phrases like, oh, well, God will never give you more than you can handle. And we start mm-hmm. to see our situation through the lens of something that isn't true. Um, And that's why it's important to go to the word of God like you did. Yeah, exactly. I'm a people person. So that's what I did. I went, I'm so relational. I I went to people Mm. instead of to the word for a long time until I'm like, I don't know if this is true. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, for me, I think um, it was similar to you where just when you, when life is, putting on way more than you think you can handle, that's where you really start to question, well, like, God, I I thought you would never give me more than I could handle. And I'm certainly beyond that point. So like, for me, I started question, questioning him, you know, and like, mm-hmm. where are you? And um, for me, I think it kind of started last year when I, the last year and a half has just been the hardest year and a half of my life. And it was like one thing after another. And like, when I thought Mm. it couldn't get worse, it would get worse. Mm. And it really put me in this place of, you know, I went through severe church hurt. I lost a baby. Mm -hmm. I, um, my husband and I were living several hundred miles away. Um, because I had taken a job in another state and my husband hadn't found a job yet. And so we were living apart and I was taking care of Roma by myself. And then I lost the baby. And, <sighs> and then we decided, I, you know, I quit my dream job and moved back to Colorado. And it was all of this, like, then there was financial strain and there was marital strain. And <clears throat> it was literally like, Lord, I cannot do this. Like, hmm. you know, and so you kind of, kind of plays with your faith a little bit. Like you kind of, at least for me and my husband, like, play these mind games of like, is God, you know, who he says he is and is he, is he genuinely faithful? And so for me, I think that's when I kind of took that journey as well. And for specifically, like when I really questioned that phrase, mine was a little bit different than yours and it wasn't that specific question, but you know, my whole life I've been told I, you know, for a long time I was told I wasn't good enough. And so that's the phrase that I play in my mind more than anything else is I'm not good enough. Hmm. And I remember when I was going through all of this, you know, this was last year I was praying and I was like, God, where are you? Like I was so just depleted and at rock bottom. And, um, you know, I was like, I'm not, I'm not good enough for any of this. I can't do any of this. And then God whispered to my heart. It was so clear and so vivid. He said, um, not vocally, you know, but <laughs> ministering to my heart, to my spirit, the Holy Spirit, you know, was, well, what if you aren't good enough? Mm. And I was like, wait, no, 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 no. Like we are told as women that we are good enough, you know, that right. we have everything that we need. And God was like, mm. no, like, but what if you aren't good enough? And it really like broke me and like, yeah. You know, to, to, to accept this idea that, you know, I'm not good enough. And I think how that plays into this, God will never give you more than you can handle is all along thinking, trying to prove that I'm good enough. I'm operating out of my own like strength 
and out of my mm-hmm. own, what I think is best and trying to control the situation. And by just releasing control, it's really, I learned to rest in this weakness. And as I'm going to talk about, you know, when we talk mm-hmm. about the scripture here in a minute, like it's when we learn that we can't have it all figured out. And it's when we embrace that we don't have it all together. And it's when we embrace that I cannot handle this. Mm -hmm. Then we lean into our weaknesses, right? And that's when God really steps in and his strength is made perfect in that weakness. And so um, Mm. I remember when I was wrestling through this and somebody told me, well, God will never give you more than you can handle. And I remember thinking, you know what? I don't think that's true anymore. Right. Like, The Bible says so many things about, you know, how we're going to be beyond our capacity. Right. And that's when we're going to have to surrender and let God step in with his, what only he can do. So yes, a little bit of a different journeys, but I think it's interesting because it kind of all connects to the same place. And so, and maybe there's listeners who are coming at this from different perspectives and our different stories will speak to that. Yes. Totally yeah. agree. That's good. Well, so let's um, talk about what the Bible says about this phrase and maybe bring some clarity as to where the phrase perhaps, you know, has its roots in scripture, but also what the Bible really says concerning what we can handle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we were talking on the phone and we were kind of like, wait, where did this come from though? Right. You know, <laughs> we heard it so much, but where did, is it like, where did this phrase actually come from? And so you know, I kind of was doing some studying and I think where we get this misconception is from first Corinthians 10, 13. And, um, it says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So that sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Yes. Um, it kind of sounds like that phrase where it's talking about um, nothing will overtake, no temptation will overtake you. You will not be, be tempted beyond what you can bear. So I think that's where we get it from. But, you know, what Paul is talking about here is this is about temptation. It's not about suffering. And so those are two different things. He's saying, mm-hmm. you know, there's this promise that, you know, there's always going to be a way out. He, he's not saying there's not going to be temptation because there will be, but that there will be a way out and that we can run from sin, right? Right, totally. And, you know, I think it's so important to look at the context of a verse. And I was reading this yesterday and Paul is talking about the Israelites and what we can learn from them. Um, and he's actually encouraging Christians just to keep their focus on God so that Mm. they don't stumble and fall. But even if they do, that's what this verse is about. Even if they do, God is gracious enough to provide a way out, which Mm. is always going to involve turning back to him. Yeah. So it's true repentance and unconditional love that are combined. So that's what I think Mm. this verse really just sums up. But I can see how it got misconstrued a little bit. <laughs> it's easy yeah, to do when like, you just pick out a verse, you know, and be like, what probably means this, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. Um, it's important to take the whole context into view. And so um, just talking about this phrase, we can see where maybe the root comes from and like why Christians might say this. 
Right. Right. But he's talking about temptation and not suffering. So Mm -hmm. we can kind of debunk that. Let's say that's not, that's not true. Right. That's not where this, so this phrase isn't in the Bible. Right. Yeah. And, but let's maybe talk about what the Bible does say about, you know, can we take, like, will God give us more than we can handle? Um, So I'll I'll let you share some, some of the scripture verses you found. Yeah. So the first one, I just, I love it. Um, it's always brought a lot of comfort to my heart, but it's not necessarily easy verse. Um, it's John sixteen thirty three, and um, it says, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation. And it says trouble in other translations, mm-hmm. but take heart. I have overcome the world. Mm, and so this, this was spoken by Jesus. Right yeah. before he's about to be taken away to be crucified. And he was about to experience the ultimate trial and suffering, right? And mm. so he's letting his disciples know that just like him, we all are going to have hard times in this life. Yeah. And I think sometimes we think, okay, just because we follow Jesus, you know, I'm going to get a get out of difficulty card, you know, free, like Monopoly <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. But life doesn't work that way because we live in a fallen world. We're not in paradise yet, you know? Right. Um, but Jesus offers hope here because he re- he's redeemed it. He's overcome mm. the hardships of life. He's overcome the world through the power of the cross. And um, another, I just love the book of John. So another verse in John is um, John 1, 5. And it says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Mm, and I this truth, mm-hmm. I do too. I'm always like, yeah, bring it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and in this truth, he offers us a promise, his promise, and he offers us peace. So mm-hmm. that's one verse that I just, I just love it. Um, yeah. And I think you mentioned, you know, you talked about this, but particularly as new believers, when we come to Christ, mm-hmm. I think we kind of have this, belief that all of our troubles will disappear. You know, oh, I'm a Christian and I believe God and he answers my prayers. And so we kind of believe that the trouble will will disappear. But in reality, because you are a believer, there's now this target, you know, that the enemy has put on you to take you down. And so if anything, it's going to be harder. Um, But you've, as you've said that Jesus has promised to be there with us, right? And that he's already overcome it. Yep, totally. Mm-hmm. I think there's something to it about like the the spiritual warfare aspect. Like, um, a lot of believers probably don't even pay attention to it, um, or notice that if you're walking in the power of God, especially in when you are suffering, it's a powerful witness mm-hmm. to Jesus. Yeah, it is. And so He's mm-hmm. gonna try to take us down. You know, he's he's going to try to make us believe lies. He's going to try to make us think yeah. that God is not good. I mean, he's been doing that since the garden. You mm-hmm. know, he's holding out on you. You're not getting what you want. Look at this. You don't have everything you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in reality, God does give us everything we need, not what we think we need, but what mm. we need. And he answers yeah, our prayers. Good. Even silence that we think, even in the silence, God is working and moving. It's and even, true. Yeah. You know, he's always answering. He's always doing a thing. Yeah. Um, and so it's so easy just to believe the lies. 
I do yeah. it all the time. Even now I'm like, Oh, where'd that come from? That's not, mm. that doesn't line up with God and what I've seen and experienced in my life from him. Um, mm. But you know, the enemy's crafty and we just got to keep our ears open to be like, yeah. Ooh, that doesn't sound like a kind, loving voice right now. That sounds like fear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And so I have another verse too that I just love as well. This one's in the old, the old Testament. Um, I love the book of Isaiah. It's mm -hmm. Isaiah 43, two. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through, through the rivers, they will not sweep over you, over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Mm, that's so and good. I, I know. I love it. I love that and, one so <laughs> And again, this just shows us that God is not going to leave us alone to go through the darkness. Mm. You know, he's, he's not going to forsake us. And he promises that he's going to help us get through any fire that we find ourselves in. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that reminds me of Genesis 11, where it's the first recorded conversation between God and Abram. And it's when God calls Abram to leave his home, to leave his family, to sever from all comfortability and everything he had known and mm. to step into the unknown. And it's six times he uses the phrase, I will. And so mm. what God is saying is, I want you to step into the unknown. You're not going to have all the answers. You're not going to be able to see everything. You don't know what's going to happen, but I will. It's his promise that I mm. will be with you. He says, I will be with you. I will bless you. And so there's this promise that we have from God just all throughout the Bible that God will be with us. We might not, mm -hmm. like you said, see him or hear him, but he is there and he is working and he is moving. Yes. And so it's when we, we have to hold on to those promises when our faith is being tested and where the enemy is speaking doubt, we have to hold on to the promises of God um, to get us through. Yep. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. I love that Isaiah 43, two verse. I gone to that so many times over yes. the years. <laughs> um, yep, yep. Well, for me, you know, in my own journey, I found a lot of peace and insight in second Corinthians, um, really chapters 10 through 12. Paul talks a lot about just his weaknesses and how He's been through everything, you know, shipwrecked, yeah. beaten, like literally the guy. I mean, he's one of like, you know, we see him as one of the most faithful pillars of faith ever. And yet he was someone that was tested probably more than most people. And so, again, it's yeah. that just because we're a Christian doesn't mean we're not going to go through trials. Like Paul suffered so much and he talks a lot about how. I'm going to lean into my weaknesses because I know I don't have all the answers and I know mm -hmm. I can't do this on my own and I can't, I don't have this figured out. And so specifically what has helped me a lot is Second Corinthians 2 verses 10 through 12. And Paul writes, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for mm -hmm. when I am weak, then I am strong. And mm -hmm. it, it's such a beautiful and powerful picture of, you know, sometimes we try to 
feel like put on this show that we have it all figured out or try to muster up the strength to, to do this on our own. And mm-hmm. God is saying, no, like, I want you to let go of the pride. I want you to let go of the control. I want you to surrender. I want you to lean into those weaknesses. It's so contrary to our flesh, right? Yes, but <laughs> completely. God wants us to lean into our weaknesses because it's only in that area when we have surrendered that then God's power steps in, you know, and his strength is made perfect. So to say, well, God will never give me more than I can handle. He sure will. Mm, yeah. But <laughs> he's going to show up if you will surrender mm-hmm. to him. His strength will show up and take care mm-hmm. of the For trials sure. and the hardship that you're going through. Yes, that's so good. Yeah, that's been really helpful for me. And, Mm. you know, also even Jesus in the garden in Matthew 26, 38, he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Even Jesus felt overwhelmed. Yeah. And I mean, he he was God, (laughs) you know? Yep. So if Jesus says that he was overwhelmed, right, to the point of death. That should make us feel better when we're Yeah, that should make us like, so, you know, even Mm -hmm. Jesus had moments where he felt like there was, it was more than he could handle, but he turned Mm -hmm. to the father, right? He Jesus modeled perfectly this surrender and humility and just submission to the will of the father. That is an example we should all follow. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Still. I mean, we just see all throughout the Bible, these, you know, undertakings. I mean, you read the Old Testament, all these stories of people and how often were they put in situations that they couldn't handle, right? It's just. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So (laughs) I think it's safe to say that that's a phrase that we can debunk. Yes. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) It's a myth. (laughs) Oh, so now that we know that we will have more than we can handle at times. Let's finish with um, those proper mindsets that we should have when times are tough. And I'll, and I'll let you share. Okay. I mean, I think I'm kind of repeating some things we've said, but I think if we could handle everything on our own, and like you said, maintain control, we wouldn't need a savior, right? Mm, yeah. And that puts a lot of pressure on us. Yeah. And it's, it's pressure that God doesn't want for his kids. He doesn't want us to deal with that. Mm. And I think he loves us too much to trust us with the cares of the world because that's his job. You Mm. know, he's really good at being God. I don't want to be God. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Sometimes I think I want to, but then I'm like, yeah, I don't like this. Like being in charge. (laughs) I just couldn't (laughs) imagine like carrying everyone's cares and hardships and, you know, comforting them and being there for them. It's just like, wow. But he wants to come into um, our harsh, more than we can handle times, because then we can see him step up and see him show off. Mm, Like you said, he's going to do things that we could never do on our own. And he's going to show us things and rework things and just redeem it in ways that we could never imagine because I I truly believe our pain and the things that we go through, it's never wasted. He doesn't just, mm, that's true. Like any father, he, he's not gonna be like, I'm purposely making you go through pain right now because I'm just want you to go through pain. 
you know, mm-hmm. or like there's there's a reason that we're going through these things. And it's not his will for us. He doesn't like seeing his kids yeah. suffer. But because we live in this world and it's not perfect yet, um, mm-hmm. it's just part of reality. Um, yeah. But he says, I'm going to I'm going to show off. I'm going to come in. I'm going to step into your situation. I'm going to meet you where you are. And I'm going to redeem this. I'm mm, going to restore this. And you just have to trust me. It's probably going to look different than what you think. And I know this isn't what you wanted, but I promise it's not going to be wasted. Mm. And so that's that's one thing that I like to, you know, wrap my mind around. And um, I think something else that just really, um, yeah, God has spoken to me recently is a lot of times I feel like I have to like strive or fight for victory in trials or like hardships. I'm just like kind of striving for it. Mm. But when I was in seminary, I read a quote from Tony Evans that just totally changed my perspective. And he said, we don't fight for victory. We fight from it. Mm, That's so good. I know. (laughs) Whoa, mind blown. I need to write that down and put it on my like bathroom mirror. (laughs) Yes, do. (laughs) Because if we live knowing that we have victory, and we have a God who already sits on the throne. He's already supreme and sovereign. That helps mm. us face the good days and the bad because he's overcome the world, like Jesus said, which means that because of Jesus, we are overcomers too. And so that kind of like empowerment, like the victory talk helps me just walk forward knowing like in the end, I know the end of this story. We're victorious. That's mm. period, you know, <laughs> no yeah. comma, no nothing. It's a period. We are oh, victorious, yeah. period. Mm, that's really good. Wow. That's super encouraging. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to do the victory one. I'm going to keep that yeah. saved for, because yes. I think it's really, those are just really good perspectives to have that. It really does. It takes the pressure off of ourselves, Right. Mm-hmm. And um, God wants us to put that on him. Like, he's yeah. like, I want you to put that on me because I'm going to show you that I am faithful. And so, um, yeah. wow, that's really good. Um, you know, for me, what's been really helpful um, is this, again, it kind of goes back to Second Corinthians about our weaknesses, but it's to, instead of top to, you know, instead of trying to carry it all yourself and mm-hmm. to maintain this uh well god's never going to give me more than i can handle so i'm going to work really really hard to to carry this right mm-hmm. and again it, that goes back to you you're carrying it you're taking it on by yourself and yeah. so it's again letting go of that control and surrendering to christ you know um in matthew um, 11, he talks about, you know, if you're, you know, I will give you rest, come all who are heavy and burdened, mm-hmm. I will give you rest. Mm-hmm. And he says, take my yoke upon you. And to take my, take the yoke is actually a yoke is to become a bond servant. And so mm-hmm. to take, we, when we think that it's like, oh, I have to take on one more thing to, to find rest. It's like, actually, when you mm-hmm. take on his yoke, you're surrendering his yoke is his teaching. So you're taking on his teaching, but what you're doing is you're surrendering control of everything to him. It's really an exchange. You oh, take his so yoke, good. but he will, but 
um, you surrender every, every weight and bondage to him. And that's where you find the rest, but it's really living in that area of surrender and embracing your weaknesses. Like Paul talked about, you know, your weaknesses are actually really beautiful places for God to shine. It's like what you said, he gets to show off, Mm -hmm. you know? It's when you allow God to step in and take care of it. That's when people see God moving and that's when Mm -hmm. he gets the glory. So really leaning into your weaknesses allows him to, yeah, get the glory for, you're not going to get the glory for taking care of it, right? For handling the to-do list and juggling all the plates. It's God getting the glory for taking care of it. So um, we need just, it's surrendering and depending on him. And, and that's that's the value that we have to find for the tough times is depending on him. Yeah. But yeah. So good. I, <laughs> I never I, thought um, of that, the yoke thing. Oh, I'm going to have to write that down. I'm like, oh, yoke's <laughs> teaching. Oh, Yes, good. I'm actually prepping a sermon right now on that idea of rest. So I'm really excited about that. But it's a really powerful, you know, picture of surrender leads to rest yes so well i hope um anyone listening today has been encouraged by our conversation i know i have been (laughs) (laughs) i know me too (laughs) oh wow Mm -hmm. well becky uh, and you know becky and i both wrote articles for online christian publications so Mm -hmm. um you wrote one for joyful life correct yes sort of on this Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I wrote one for Propel Women. So I'll put those articles in the show notes as well that people can go read those pieces for just even to dive deeper into the conversation. Great. Oh, All it's right. so good talking with you. Yeah, Becky, it was good talking to you. I'm so glad you're on the show today. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you for inviting me, Brittany. <laughs> All right, friends, thank you for joining us today. Don't forget, you can find Becky at www.beckyberesford.com. And I'll also post her info and everything we referenced in the show notes for this episode. Before I close, I want to remind you that if this podcast is ministering to you or you think others might find it interesting, please subscribe and leave a review. A review helps this podcast grow, which helps to get the word out to people besides you. You could also become a regular contributor to the show and Truth and Gaze Ministries through Patreon. And you can find a link to my page in the show notes as well. Tune in again next month as we tackle tough topics in truth and grace. In the meantime, you can find more information about me, read weekly devotionals, and find out what I'm doing around the web at www.brittanyvest.com. I'll see you next time.